are doing this in the Sunday AM, or at least for the Sunday AM, the simulated Sunday morning finicky podcast, which has never been done before. And to do it with me, I've got the nastiest of doctors, Nasty Lyle. I've got Emily June Calhoun. And I've got what I would say the biggest non-member of the Finicky League fan, Sam. And I will say single-handedly, Sam, you're sending our clicks to the roof. Honestly, the Finicky podcast has changed my life, changed Uh my outlook on football in general. It's not a sport. It is not a business. It is a lifestyle. (laughs) This was unintended, but this is where we're at. Um, we've got it all here for all of those waking up in the Sunday AM and turning on the Finicky Podcast to get their day started. Welcome. Join us. Get your Bloody Mary ready. Get your Champagna. And we're going to, we're going to walk through everything. Finicky starts, Finicky matchups. We're going to be everything. But first, Lyle, what the fuck happened with the Cougs versus Oregon? Well... You know, I don't want to say it goes back to bottom two weeks ago. But we I, I'm not saying say it does it. not go back to bottom. So I don't know. You know, we look good. We're pinpointing, I was saying before, we look like we can beat any team out there any given Saturday. And then one little mistake and we lose the mental edge. The momentum's gone and we look like we can barely beat New Mexico State. Go Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is three losses in a row, and that's ever since Bottom said, oh, my God, we're going to win at UCLA. I never thought this was going to happen. Yeah. This he is, doubled down on the curse he did. is what he did. He really pushed in he on that. He doubled down on the curse before it was broken, and that's like, you can't do that. And we're all paying the price. Damn it, Bottom. You know what? I don't know. Just to take some pressure off Bottom, no. I have actually felt really guilty all afternoon. I put a video of that first field goal on Instagram because it, it got me feeling cocky. I was like, ooh, we held them through the whole first quarter. We're the first ones to score. This bodes well for us. I feel good about this. I'm a post. Oh, Bad decision. So I have felt like very guilty about it. So maybe, I wouldn't feel that. Maybe it's maybe it's all of us as a community just kind of feeling too confident sometimes. I watched Emily actually get ready because we were on like the three yard line. She had the phone out. The I fire was, was crackling. I thought it would be a touchdown. And it was ready for a touchdown. And then first down went by. And then second yeah. down, then a penalty, and then Aww. repeat second, and then third. And by the time we got to the fourth down kick, the fire was nearly dead. <laughs> and that's uh, that wasn't that wasn't good. That was an Aww. ominous start, I thought. Yeah. The literal fire and the figurative fire, both dying. Before our uh, eyes. What, and Emily, I think you're right. I do, you know, all jokes aside, I don't think Bottom is completely responsible for this. Damn, I little superstitious, of course. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, the when Cooper Mather dropped the ball, the Cougs have this mentality, we all have it, where... We're so all in and gung ho that we just 
our spirit breaks and we know it. We know that feeling, I think, yeah. more than anybody else. So as soon as yeah. one little thing goes wrong, if we don't like write the ship right away, like our entire spirit cracks. Also a um, weird karma switch of being like when we beat the beeves and then the beeves are like, all right, Cougs, you carry the torch. And we're like, we got it. And then like a game later, we're like, whoa, wait a second. What if like you carry the torch? <laughs> and then we're just living in that life right now where it's it's all about the beeves. So bottom, you've got a chance. This is it. This is your last chance. You and your beeves need to get us into another division or help us win a lawsuit so that we could live on an island for two years. I don't know what to root for. I'm lost. Yeah. That's the most painful of all. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but not knowing exactly what or how to root for the Cougs is tough. Well, I'll tell you up here, I don't think you dub people get it at all. They're, I've talked to them, like someone like, yeah, I don't love it. Like, yeah, we don't either. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I saw you guys don't like Pat. Like, why? Well, why not? Like, what are you talking about? Like, everything is on the line for us right now. And they're like, is it that? I don't, I don't know if it's that drastic. We're like, it absolutely is. It is exactly that drastic. I don't know. I don't think anybody understands it, except for Coug fans, except for Oregon State fans, and now hopefully Andrew Bottom. Hopefully now he finally. I don't know. I think also maybe a lot of Coug fans don't quite understand. I don't understand it to the level you do, because I kind of feel like, oh, it's not that drastic. I'm sure like we'll feel it in years to come, but I don't understand now why it's so bad. I think once our options start to whittle down a little bit, once a lawsuit gets decided, we'll know exactly where we're at. Until then, we fear the worst and hope for the best. Um, oh, my question, my question is, can Bottom right the wrong? Can he take that remark back? Is there any way that he can redeem himself and the Cougs? If Bottom could I win the Apple Cup, if Bottom could what? somehow win us the Apple Cup, I think that if we would Bottom be able to forgive. Him. <laughs> if he you, wins Bottom. the Dr. Pepper kick from 50 challenge <laughs> at the Big 12 championship game, and then just donates be... it all to the Cougar Athletic Fund, I think that maybe then just rents us another couple. <laughs> Years of, uh, I guess, games probably of Dickert. That would be good. Or from a more mystical standpoint, if he just goes on the road and follows all the Cougs games and votes roots for the opponent the whole time, like Ooh, maybe it's just. Oh, yes. Like, give them the bottom effect. Give them the, yeah, exactly. Spread it around. Call that a road trip. I'll say this if bottom goes to the next UCLA UW game, which I guess will never happen ever again. But uh, actually, no, they'll all be in the Big Ten, right? No, yeah, UCLA will definitely be in the Big Ten. There we go. There we go. If he goes to that game and UCLA beats UW, then the curse will be lifted. So now he needs I don't know UCLA if I'm it up to wrong that they did. Uh, I so know. I'll have to work on that. Uh, that I'll have to work on myself. All right. With that, we are now on to oh, we have so much to talk with. We're going to start with uh, the. It's not the greatest matchup. It's me versus Stephanie. But what I really... Is Cal in the kitchen? I feel like proper grammar is Stephanie versus I. I will go check. Okay. Um, oh, but Emily, you're going to want to be back for this because what we're going to talk about, Brock Purdy collapsed just like I predicted. 
Absolutely true. Okay. Absolutely true. It's week seven. Okay. Good. Congratulations. <laughs> Feel good about yourself right now. All right. Et cetera, et cetera. Raise the victory flag. I, I, I did it. I did it. Emily, you and I were both like, I don't think this is the one. I, I think Brock is going to do it. We are like, ah, against Cleveland, no sweat. No. And sure enough. I'm sure ready to enough. predict the next great thing. Um, and now Debo is all banged up. Lyle, I know you are, you're, you're all over the pod. I would say, is this a fresh fish alert? On the fresh Niners, fish? heading into, is this a fresh fish alert? Fresh fish? I don't have the fresh fish thing clipped up. Fresh fish? Oh, I know, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, is this fresh fish alert for Brock Purdy and the rest of the Niners? It's the Minnesota Vikings, but man, this is a 10-win team. They've only got one, one measly win. It's Monday Night Football. Tell me it's a fresh fish. I mean... I honestly don't know what to believe now. And I think the Christian McCaffrey situation is also something like there's just a lot going on uh, with the Niners. I do think Minnesota is so much better than they're playing, but they're without Justin Jefferson. They are with Justin Jefferson. That's true. And we saw what they were like last week without him. And it wasn't great. Uh, I mean, they're, you're it's right. probably the best match. I, it's still, I think, the best two teams meeting up this weekend. But I think San Francisco will handle them either way. Yeah, you're. Probably I'm actually right. really interested in it because Minnesota, their run defense is not as good as their pass defense. However, with Debo Samuel being out, Christian McCaffrey being questionable, that's going to put a lot of a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy and George Kittle. So I'm going to be really interested on that matchup. See how that. You know, takes place. If Jordan Mason can shred the Vikings, fresh fish. <laughs> and that, you know, I think last last time we were on the pod, uh, we were talking about San Francisco just having big enough guys that anyone can run through it. Uh, if that's the case, yeah. What if, what if they don't even need Debo? What if they? What if Christian McCaffrey is limited on how many plays he gets if he plays at all, and they can still run. No sweat. McCaffrey on a snap count. Debo out till week 12. Can they win with Ayuk, Kittle, and Brock Purdy? Emily June Calhoun, final decision. Is the Niners versus Minnesota Monday Night Football? Is this a fresh fish alert? Mm. <gasps> fresh fish? Mm. Fresh fish? The fresh Vikings fish? are good. Fresh fish. Uh, so this is Monday Night Football? Yeah. Okay. Um... We saw what happened to Dallas. Ooh, fresh Sunday fresh. night football. Dre Greenlaw also banged up. Fresh fish. Fresh mm. fish. Fresh fish. No, I still have Niners. <laughs> we don't have an opposite of fresh. <laughs> All right. Well. But I like it. I think she's right. Emily. All the writers think she's right. Okay. Well, look at the rest of this matchup. Uh, Fresh Fisher or not. She does have Daniel Jones, uh, who's not playing football. And uh, Joe Burrow, also not playing football. So let's check out the wire. Let's see what we got. What do we got for quarterbacks? I'm pretty sure there's just one person. And if you think I'm not ready to play that music, I'm not, actually. I don't have it open. Uh, the quarterback available. <laughs> 
for this is oh wait a second she's got two options she does have the new england quarterback that shall not be named because i do not have the music cue correct also tyson badgent also known as teabag uh do you think teabag who i'm pretty sure <laughs> snake picked up and then just dropped because he started to feel really badly about playing him against vegas you think teabag you think T-Bag can win a game, maybe? You think T-Bag could play on Sunday and uh, get a, a W? Oh, that's insane. Come on. Wait, who are they playing? They're, uh, it's the Chicago Bears versus Las Vegas. T-Bag, Tyson Badgett, uh, he is a Division Three quarterback who uh, his dad was a famous left-handed arm wrestler. Some say the greatest left-handed arm wrestler of all time. Uh, he broke... Division three, or maybe all of college football passing records, uh, he has not started an NFL football game ever. Can is, is Jimmy G still hurt? Yeah, he is still hurt, but he's going to play, I think. So anyway, but T-Bag plays with the Bears. So I don't know. Are we thinking T-Bag? Is T-Bag the is guy? It, is it Bears v. Raiders? It is Bears v. Raiders. So T-Bag might get some, ch some options, some chances. Hmm. Vegas defense can shut him down. All right. So maybe T-Bag isn't going to move the needle. If T-Bag doesn't move the needle, who wins this game? Say it, Lyle. Say it, Nasty. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want I, I want to think this is going to be close. I think that the game will be closer, but the Stroud boys have been playing well. Uh, I don't know if it's the uh, – managerial adjustments that occur in the 11th hour 100%. that uh, help that happen. But uh, I honestly, I think the Stroud boys are probably going to take this one. All right, Stroud boys in the building. Okay, moving on. Uh, similar stakes, but closer score. We've got Antez versus Blistifer. Um, Bliss was not close in this game. He was bailed out by a last second touchdown for Christian Kirk. So now we got ourselves a 30 to 27 bloodbath. Uh, who? Oh, this is fun because it's got Gibbs versus Craig Reynolds. So on that alone, who do you think wins this matchup? I believe uh, Craig Reynolds is on Antez and Ben Blistifer has Jameer Gibbs. And you know Bliss has been waiting for that Gibbs ticket to turn in. He's wanted well, and game. honestly, I think one of the biggest – I think it's the Jonathan Taylor is going to be the most interesting part about that. If you're asking me Gibbs v. Reynolds, I think Bliss has the edge. Ooh, we got a Bliss edge. Sam, yeah. from a distance, what do you got? What do you see all this matches up? I believe the computer computer says it's 162 Bliss, 151 uh, Antez. But, uh, you know, you can see uh, Antez has uh, 49ers defense. So that's some, uh, you know, Bills versus New England. There's, I mean, I guess there's a lot on the defensive side. I don't know. I can't see one player that swings the needle except for Tyree Kill. I feel like yeah. they're all evenly matched. Uh, you have uh, Barbajon Chicken with Bijan Robinson. That's right. And you have uh, Jonathan Taylor with Anthony Richardson being out. That's going to make Jonathan Taylor RB1 again. Um, and then you got my guy, Gardner Minshew, throwing bombs. Always gotta love the gotta love the men and the shoe. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be a close one. I think. Are you thinking Minshew should start over uh, Deshaun Watson? Dude, honestly, 
Hold on. Well, is Deshaun up. Watson playing? Did I hear, He's not hear 100% or read something confirmed. about like something happened? Is it injury? or like He's what? coming off of a yeah. shoulder injury. He's mm. not confirmed. Are you saying mm. that if Gardner Minshew, the magic man, ends up playing this game instead of Deshaun Watson, then all of a sudden Antez has the advantage? I think, I don't know if I would put all my money on it, but I would be very interested to, to pay attention to it because you got Michael Pittman Jr., that's true. Wide receiver one, right? But and Gardner Minshew, not afraid to unleash. Now, last uh, last two weeks, your league is a little bit different than mine, but Gardner Minshew had himself a game. Let's see. Let's see. Gardner Minshew is on. He's the 33rd best quarterback. He hasn't played all the games. That doesn't really count. Get that out of here. I don't want all that. We got six points, three points in the past two weeks. It's not great. One before that. Zero points. Nah, you guys are different league. One before that was 13 points. One before that was 10 points. That's what I'm talking about. All right. He, he did have a four turnover game yeah, against Jackson. All right. That doesn't help. He did air it out 55 times in that game and threw it for over 300 yards. Well, Jacksonville so also can, has a top 10 defense. That's true. That's true. Well, and Cleveland also has a, a pretty stout Cleveland, defense. Cleveland, I think, is like epically good defense. Wait, is it, he, is it Cleveland going up against Indy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which makes that extra exciting. That's the excitement uh, level. Emily, what do you think? What do you got? Um, I'm taking Chris for this one. Ooh, all right. It's coming. All right. Chris. Well, yeah. I'm mainly taking it because of uh, Tyreek Hill, and I feel like the Eagles' offense is way better than their defense. And so that, like, but um, I do have a question about. If you have a quarterback and he ends up going out because of injury, is there a mechanism in this uh, fantasy thing to, like, do you get a replacement or then are you no, just like you're SOL? Just done. SOL. Hmm. Who do you think is going to get hurt? Oh, you think Deshaun Watson might not? Well, well, that's the thing because, yeah, isn't, because I swear, like, you've had people who are injured and you were like, oh, I'll just replace them. So why is that not if available? If they get injured before the game starts, you can swap them out. So if he finds out that Deshaun Watson can't play the game, he can drop in Gardner Minshew. But I see. if okay. Deshaun Watson starts the game and then gets hurt, he's SOL. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I'm just going to keep Kirk Cousins on my uh, fresh fish watch and see if he can shred the Niners defense because that's kind of a double up, and that would allow Bliss to win. But wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Baker yeah. Mayfield plays for the Atlanta Falcons? Nope. Baker no, Mayfield Bay. plays for Tampa Bay. He's playing against the Atlanta Falcons. It says TB. I feel like that's an interesting matchup, too. Yeah. I, those are Baker two teams I probably Atlanta. haven't watched nearly enough of. The and Atlanta's offense is like showing signs of life, and they're it's uh, it's weird. Yeah, someone's in the kitchen. Um, I will say, I also am interested. Miami, Miami, Philadelphia is the game of the week, and those two teams are like kind of the best running teams in football. So like Swift could get a lot of work. But my, like, something in the back of me is like, what if he doesn't? Like, what if for some reason it ends up being, like, Penny Day or Gainwell or whatever? I don't know. That Philadelphia-Miami game is going to decide a lot of matchups. But either way, Tyreek's going to get it. And we're just going to give it to Antez because we got to move along. Antez! What about Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss? Zach Moss keeps he's, – he's the guy. Do you think Jonathan Taylor is just going to, like, 
I actually wouldn't. I mean, like Indianapolis <laughs> players, I don't think are gonna are gonna decide any matchups because Cleveland's D is so good. But I do think they're gonna. Jonathan Taylor. It's a long season. Even though Zach Moss had three or four great games, he's set for regression. I think they're gonna kind of start to share the backfield at least this season. All right, moving on to the next great matchup, Lyle. You know this one. It's you versus Zach. Great. Oh, man. And now you're already in a hole here. 15 points. Uh, I mean, primarily, what do you it's all because of ETN. And uh, Evan Ingram tried, he, but he failed. So, uh, all right. We'll start with your impression, because you've obviously looked at this more than anyone else. Who on your team do you think could make up for ETN getting 19 points? Who's your best bet? I mean, it, it, I'm in a sad state of affairs. I feel like I started out the season with a bunch of guys who could get me like 20 plus, and now they're all injured or have concussions of some kind. Also, Zaire Franklin getting you 30 points a game in the, the Cowboys defense, etc. Dude, 100%. And Cowboys aren't a buy. So I guess it's up to Zaire. Uh, or maybe Michael Dixon punting for the Seahawks. Uh, that was my yeah, punter. Yeah, I, I think it's Zaire Franklin or if. Curtis Salmon was a great pickup. If he continues to like light it up for the Reds, uh, sorry, Washington football team. Uh, God, I know old habits die hard. Uh, but also DK, like I feel like I have a couple guys that could go off. And if Aaron Jones gets back, takes over the lead role, which I don't know if he ever will against oh, with AJ. That's Dillon. a good point. Aaron Jones versus Denver. If he finally, <laughs> this is the week to come back. Emily, right? Yeah. Denver can't stop anyone running the ball. Yeah. Well, and um, I think. Mm, wait. Okay. Who 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 are you talking about stopping? Uh. Well, Aaron Jones has had a he's got roughed up for the past couple you know weeks, so he hasn't had a healthy game. If he's healthy now, Denver is one of those defenses that if your running back is playing Denver, you play him. So. Do, I mean, unless you know something that's changing in the Denver defense. Uh, no, I don't know. So it's it's tricky. So they have all basically all the same personnel they had last year when they were ranked in the consistently all season long top five, ten, top five defenses. And so this year under Sean Payton, they they went to a new defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph who used to be with the Broncos and people hated him. They said he was really bad, whatever. Um, but literally all the same personnel and like, yeah, they're like Swiss cheese now. And it's like, how does that happen? Um, I don't know. I don't, so, okay. I have two theories. There are people saying that Sean Payton is intentionally tanking to go get like Caleb Williams or Drake may in the draft. Um, there's also a theory that he just had to spend some time proving to ownership that like, Hey, I'm going to do, I, I'm going to run my team the way I would run my team. And if it doesn't work, then you need to let me get rid of like the people that I, that don't work. And I think if there was, if the, if case B is the thing that is true, then now would be the time to shift into the gear of like, okay, let's start playing truly. And so I, I do feel like we can see the defense turn on in a different way starting this week, because 
they had like not a bye but like a mini bye because they played like a week and a half ago now um and i i i feel like things are going to change with them so i don't know i don't well, know well looking statistically right here i was just looking at rushing uh the denver broncos have led li- Allowed the most rushing. They're the only team in the NFL to allow more than 1,000 rushing yards this season. Uh, the next most is 885, which is the Giants. They have allowed 1,034 yards, which is 172 yards rushing per game, which, as we've seen A.J. Dillon, if Aaron Jones can get the most of that, that's great. On top of that, I wonder what happens. Who's allowed the most points this season on defense? Also the Denver Broncos. Who's allowed the most yards this season? Also, the Denver Broncos. Who's allowed the most passing yards this season? Second place, the Denver Broncos. And uh, overall yards, I'm assuming, the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, their defense is horrific. What I'm all, only thing I'm really learning here is that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't really bad on defense as well. But isn't, isn't that wild to you that they have, like, virtually all the same – players all the same personnel and um they just went from like the top to the bottom overnight basically. i would say that is interesting that it's either one of two things either uh what's his face that we got no oh, who's the uh defensive lineman the seahawks got from denver uh shelby harris no, no we gave him back this year we took one of their best guys this year in free agency i forgot his name uh Anyway, it's either he was that important or maybe swapping out a successful defensive coordinator for a not successful defensive coordinator just isn't working out for Sean Payton. So all of that to say. Or there's this conspiracy theory that they're intentionally tanking, and you know I love conspiracy theories, so I don't know. Either way, Aaron Jones going to get some points. So I I think that's, let's say that's the key to the game. Jordan Love and Aaron Jones against Denver. I mean, the computer doesn't reflect it. It says you're going to lose by 20 points, but I think I speak for the room where Jordan Love and Aaron Jones, you could just probably have as many Green Bay players as possible, and it might just be the key to victory. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the, fair. I'm on them and the Seahawks. The la- oh, speaking of the Seahawks, this is the last piece we'll say on this matchup. So you've got DK. He's got Tyler Lockett. JSN is on the wire. DK, a little bit banged up, not having a great year. Lockett, a little banged up, having a typical year. Is, is JSN, are you worried about his progress so far? Give, what do you think about our wide receivers right now, Lyle? I mean, JSN, I just read something where they're trying to expand his role. So, uh... Yeah, but we're not good at running three wide receivers. We're good at running no. two tight ends, two wide receivers. That's our bag. I, I also feel like we're we're not getting in the you know in the groove and the rhythm that we had a year ago. I think we're not as novel as we were last year. But I still think give it a little time. Both Lockett and DK. Uh, how bad is Lockett banged up? How bad is he banged up? Uh, he's just, you know, little guy, older guy, dinged up here and there. I think actually DK is the one who you could actually say has the more questionable tag. Ribs and hip. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's just uh, both of them seem to get nicked up. Can JSN, if he had to step in for one of them? I think that's the best possible scenario. I think that if JSN has to step on for one of them and we're in that two tight end set, that's where he's going to survive and thrive. I just, uh, 
I don't think we're very. I just don't think we're good in three wide receiver sets. We don't look good, but hey, prove me wrong. All right, moving on to the next one. Oh, that's why I picked. I picked you, Lyle. I picked you because of all Woo! the Green Bay stuff. Um, Derge versus Jean Paul Morel, who was supposed to be in this pod originally, but uh, East Coast. What are you gonna do? JP's five and one. Derge's three and three, and playing Brian Hoyer. Let's start here. Is there anything in Derge's roster that makes you think he can beat? I mean, a pretty dominant JP. Well, JP, <clears throat> right now, I mean, it's a heck of a bye week. He's lost Pollard, Higgins, and well, Adam Thielen, and McCaffrey. Yeah. Is TB and Montgomery both questionable and both on the bench, right? And Ayuk could get a lot of play because of uh, uh, you know, Debo being out, but you know, it doesn't really work that way with the Niners, they need all the targets to make everyone successful. So, I want to float something out. This is kind of my favorite thing. I'm glad that I remembered to talk about it here. I saw a report that Tommy Townsend for the Kansas City is banged up. And you want to know who their backup punter is? Who? Your greatest fear. No, Jack. it's Patrick They're Mahomes. Kidding. If Patrick Mahomes can add punting points onto what he's got so far as a pretty mediocre season. I mean, that guy usually puts up 30 points a game. He's putting up 20 points a game. This could be the key. This could get him back on track. Patrick I mean, Mahomes pooch punting to the 10. Can you imagine? We all just watched Bo Nix drop one at the three on us earlier today. That's son of a bitch. Not far-fetched. We ran 97 yards and scored a touchdown, so you know what? Take that. But, yeah, that would be extra scary. All right. Well, chaps here talking about Brian Hoyer and how good Brian Hoyer is in the Las Vegas offense. I don't know if that's really going to move the needle for Derrige, but I am pretty excited about Mahomes. Um, well, the... The Raiders are playing the Bears, so that does help. Um, with Hoyer there, I assume Jacobs is already gonna, is going to exceed an already large workload. I was Madison, thinking about it. Hoyer protects the football. Don't we think who's who's the guy from Clemson who's the slot receiver for Las Vegas? Uh, he hasn't had a great season, but he used to be a fantasy guy. Oh, uh, white. He's so white. So white. I'm going to look it up. I'm looking oh, up. Renfro? Yeah, Hunter Renfro. Now that Brian Hoyer's there, don't you think Hunter Renfro's just get peppered with 15 different targets? I think he is. Hunter Renfro, sleeper alert. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm facing Stephanie. But if you need it, maybe you do. Uh, Emily. Well, see, he also has Zach Moss. He has, there are some guys on here. I feel like. Oh, Zach Moss. It's against Cleveland. Why? I wouldn't play to Indianapolis people against Cleveland. They'll keep you from scoring. Emily June Calhoun. He's also playing a burn victim at the wide receiver tight end spot. I think maybe there's some flexibility here for uh, Derage. But what I'm most curious about for JP, he's obviously on the ropes a little bit in the running back department. Jaleel McLaughlin. Mm. Emily June, I know you like Jaleel McLaughlin. Talk to me about Jaleel. It's not that I like him. It's just that he's really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like he, he hasn't got... <laughs> um, 
he proves himself to be good over and over. Like, his stats are insane, and then he just doesn't get the snaps that he should. And that it's, – it's not just him, but it's other young players who have really, really good stats – that they aren't playing and aren't giving opportunities to. And that's what's feeding this, like, oh, Sean Payton's intentionally tanking theory. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't take him out or take him off or pull him or whatever. whatever. What is the terminology in fantasy? Eliminate him. <laughs> fresh, uh, fish. fresh fish? Fresh fish! I don't know. I probably wouldn't fresh fish him because... <laughs> <laughs> because I think you would be hard pressed to find another running back with the same potential as him. Um, but yeah, I, it's a little risky just because of the situation he's in. Well, I think Emily made a good, I mean, there are a lot of things about Derge's lineup that kind of spook me. Also Terrell Bernard taking over for Matt Milano. We don't know what's going to happen there. There's a lot of San Francisco special teams going on here. We got 49ers coach, 49ers punter, 49ers kicker. Uh, I mean, I'm looking Fred at it, it outside of the quarterbacks for Jay. I don't even know if Zach Evans is going to play. I don't want to put a full out fresh fish alert on JP, but I will say I do think Derrige has got the firepower. If Alexander Madison can find his way through that San Francisco line and Patrick Mahomes can land a few on the 10 or I guess on the nine, uh, we might have ourselves a little bit of a fresh fish. Fresh fish. Oh, okay, I then I I really hope JP wins. I love an underdog. You know, he's five and one. He's not. He's well. Fresh fish is that he's yeah, dominant, but yeah, he's but, vulnerable. Yeah, but did you say his roster this week is vulnerable versus Ben's roster this ben week? Ben Ben's the underdog. He Ben is three and three. JP is five and one. J JP has the most winningest record in football. See okay. that first in East Division? He's the winner guy. He's favored. Got it. But we're not talking about records, right? We're talking about like lineup versus lineup. Emily, and isn't it's, it's, it's okay. Okay. I don't know. Okay. okay. All right. I don't think uh, that Ben Derge is the underdog no matter what. But anyway, fresh fish. All right. Moving on to the game of the week. Bottom versus Snake, and this is, I don't know how to feel about it. Speaking of people who are uh, not the underdog somehow, uh, Andrew Bottom is number one in the West, and Jacob Moore is five and one also, second in the East Division, because I believe he lost to JP. And, well, hell, Bottom has started out with a 43-point lead because of Foyusadi Olakun. One of the three linebackers he auto-drafted to start the season. So, Lyle, should everyone just be snacky, snatching up like linebackers at the end of the draft just to see who hits? What's going on here? Well, see, I feel like this is the karma that we get for blaming Bottom for jinxing the Cougs. We jinxed ourselves by making fun of Bottom for drafting for linebackers before drafting a single quarterback. So this is, I mean, this is the lot we have. Uh, this is insane. Was it auto -draft? He did nothing intentionally. Was he was in Paris chewing on baguettes. And he was living, living the dream. Eating croissants and just totally ignoring and letting robots. He's just, let, he was the first finicure to invest in AI and it's exhausting. 
My team will draft itself. Merci, merci. Au revoir. So, uh, Emily, he does need to adjust his his. Uh, no, the computers will do it. His for roster, him. though. Uh, well, I mean, he's got Debo in. still in there, yeah, and he could put in Judy or Cortland Sutton. So then, here we go, right back to our Denver correspondent. Right now, Andrew Bottom is leading the league, and he's got three Broncos on his uh, on his roster, and he's going to have to put one more in his starting position. So not only is one Russell Wilson a good start, but two, if you had to play Judy or Cortland Sutton, who would you play? Oh, that's a good question. I would say Cortland Sutton. Ah, no, no, <laughs> no. I would say Judy. And and the reasoning for that is uh, I, I, I believe that they're trying very hard to trade Judy. Um, harder. I think they're they're more amenable to keeping Cortland Sutton. And so I think they want to have the Albert O effect where they like build him up and get him some good good stats, good film, and then like uh, send him off for a maybe a third round draft pick. Okay, uh, and then uh, Russell Wilson. Oh, that's interesting. So I do. I I kind of feel the same way about Russ. So if if you've been watching the Broncos games, he doesn't look good. He's not playing well. But they're setting him up in good scenarios to create good statistics. And I think that's because they're trying to trade away his contract. Because uh, Sean Payton knows he's not his guy. Does not want to move forward with him. And so I think it, to this point, it has been a really, really good fantasy pick. Because he is doing nothing but collecting statistics. Um, it is interesting as we get later into the season and closer to... Um, well, the trade deadline for him wouldn't be until, like, March 5th or something, but they want to keep him from injury because if he gets injured, then they guarantee the entire, like, $38 million for next year. So I do think that they will, uh, if not bench him soon, uh, significantly limit his play soon, and I think we'll start seeing that this week. Wow. You said after the bye, but I, I think it will happen sooner than later. I mean, last week he had, like, nine, a total of 95 yards. Um, yeah, he, he's not doing well. And I think they're very eager to cut ties, and I think they're worried about risking injury. So, yeah, I, I think it's been a really, really good pick up to this point, but you got to know when to, when to fold them. When to fold them. That's, That's right. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. And then Sam Howell, the definition of hero ball. Uh, if Russell Wilson set the sack record, Sam Howell's about to break it. Um, have you watched him play football yet, Lyle? Uh, I have not actually seen him play. Uh, and I mean, the Giants have a, have a reasonable defense. However, the Giants, you can score on them. Well, but this is my favorite thing about him is that he has this, and this the best way I heard it described to me was on a podcast, I don't know which one, where they said every play for him is him being like, this is his, this is him moment. Like, he's like, I'm him. I'm going to like, this is his Michael Jordan final two seconds, three-pointer. Like, every play for Sam Howell 
is him proving that he belongs in the league, which means he doesn't take the short stuff. He doesn't throw it away. He hangs out in the pocket. And that's why he's leading the league ever. Like, in, like no one has ever been sacked more. And honestly, I'm kind of here for it. I like to watch it. This guy is not boring. I'm glad he's not my quarterback, but he is exciting to watch. I don't know. I'm kind of envious of Bottom having Sam Howell. He's a lot of fun to watch. Okay. Well, uh, how do you feel about this matchup? Do, I mean, the Giants, they, they blitz, don't they? They send the heat. I honestly think that Tyrod playing for the Giants kind of makes them scarier than Daniel Jones. It takes this like weird stress away for some reason. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, I think that they play more conservative. I actually think it hurts. I think if Daniel Jones was out here trying to prove he's the guy and Sam Hell is out there always trying to prove he's the guy, we're going 40 to 35, like 400 yards for each quarterback and probably three picks each. And like, now I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, bottom could could get it and i love that he threw kareem hunt in there i just this mike evans Devonte adams stefan diggs dj moore kittle like there's a lot of dudes on this team that are in like proving that they're the guy and somehow he accidentally got them all and it pisses me off so fucking much damn it bottom Damn it. The linebackers. He should be out there trading some of his linebackers. No, he just – and the funny thing is, TJ Edwards was his linebacker, and Snake's going to try to throw him right back in his face. I don't know. But there's no – you can't – you can't – can't be 43, man. 43? No way. If it does happen, that's Snake's key to victory. And I love how we went this entire thing without talking about – I don't know. The most exciting match of the week is going to be Philadelphia versus Miami. And Snake has two guys, three people heavily invested in that game. Four people, if you count the kicker. And yet we're all just like, I don't know, man. Sam Howell and Russell Wilson, they could fire it up. Uh, it's this, this, this matchup could go either way. It really does. What? That We're going to know. We're, it's all going to come down to Monday night. For Snake, well, I, and we're gonna know if say, he's gonna pull it off. Then, Mr. Moore is like, hit, this is his part of the season, where he, I feel like he's passing JP as JP is starting to curve down into a valley, uh, and Snake is is probably, I feel like his team is is peaking now. Let me play um, Nostradamus so I mean, and look at this whole game go down. Obviously, after they've survived the Sam Howell versus Tyrod Taylor showdown, and <laughs> All of these and and Jerome Ford versus Kareem Hunt and all of the, and Chris Godwin versus Mike Evans and all this shit goes down and then with Monday night or yeah, Sunday night football and the the Philadelphia Miami game puts Snake up by an insurmountable amount that we didn't think was possible after starting at a forty three point hole and then George Kittle fucking comes out Monday night and catches five fucking touchdowns. And this this could this is very worthy of our game of the week because this this anything could fucking happen here. I is great, absolutely great. And for that, just because of that, George Kittle being the last fucking thing out there, and he's only projected for six six points. I'm giving it I'm giving it to fucking robot bottom, and I'm pissed. I'm not happy about it. Very upset. Troubled, troubled by it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've talked bottom curse in a... Oh, 
This one is actually we've got a, a mailbag. Mailbag. You know we got we've always Ooh. wanted a mailbag. Uh, here. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's Sunday morning. We're still getting our shit together. Uh, it, Sam, can you grab me the the mailbag? Hand me the mail. There we go. Grab me the mail. All right, he's getting me the mail. Now yeah, I don't know who's that's writing. the mail. Let me read who's this. I'm opening up fans? the envelope. Oh, this is postmarked. Okay, I'm looking at the mail. Um, this comes from, oh, Sam, your mom. Sam, your mom has written us. Emily, my mother-in-law, uh, uh, Karen Calhoun writes, I don't know whether to start uh, Najee Harris, uh, Zach Allen, or De Deontay Foreman. She doesn't know who to start. Um, so, Lyle... Oh, Emily, you're back. Uh, Karen Calhoun wrote us. She's a huge fan of the pod. Oh, what did she say? She wants to know whether to start uh, Zach Allen, Najee Harris, or Deontay Foreman. And we're going to publish this in the morning. And being that she texted me at 4 in the morning about this question today, I think she's going to listen. So this is important in her 50th minute of the pod. Uh, Lyle, what do we do here? Zach Allen, I mean Najee Harris, or Deontay Foreman? I, I would say the guy with the biggest ceiling is probably Foreman. Oh, uh, I am a little biased because I have him, but I would say, again, he's going to have free reign of a Chicago backfield. I mean, they don't have a, a great matchup, but honestly, if you're going to do anything crazy, it's going to be against the Raiders. All right, Deontay uh, Foreman. Winner. Yeah. Second, Winner. I would say Zach Moss. I am a Zach Winner. Moss fan until I see Jonathan Taylor have ten, more than 10 Don't carries Don't muddy the, the water here, Lyle. We've, we just need one He's clear answer. Up. Otherwise, I'm going to get Winner. another call. All right. We Winner. got it. It's all sorted out. Thank you. And thank you, Karen Calhoun, for writing us. We know that you have an entire fantasy football league of your own that you're now telling everyone about this pod. So uh, thank you also for everyone in the Jeffs League for uh listening as well yes jeff's fantastic amazing league uh with that lyle we're in the end of the show so i hope you have something good to rant on what do people want to hear in their sunday morning this is a closing arguments what do people want to hear on their sunday morning? okay let's see let's the see the ultimate bloody mary I don't want to rail, rail on the Cougs anymore. I guess I can kind of go for the Hawks. Uh, yeah, stoked just to see JSN and see how his role flourishes and expands. Uh, if what I what I heard was correct, um, they're kind of the last hope for us in the Northwest. As long as we're rooting for all those folks, I don't want the Huskies to win. So it's really do or die with the Hawks. Uh, but yeah, I just got back from a wedding in St. Augustine, uh, Florida. Strange place. So beautiful, though. Uh, oh, very cool. exciting. Good to be good to be back in LA, though. Is that um, what you guys were talking about before we started? No, not at all. But oh, Florida like is a strange place. You were about, I was ready to go crazy on it, but then we were told that it, we were out of line. Emily. But then Julian went went all like principal behavior, like do not talk about anything except schoolwork. That's bim, bim, bim. Fresh <laughs> Well, then that will be the finicky podcast. Lyle, thanks for making it. 
Sam. Glad to have you, Emily, as always. Uh, this has been the Thank You Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us on your Sunday morning. Jarrett Stidham's going to take over dinner. for us this week. Bring good, back good night. And that's it. All right, stopping. <laughs>